It's Rant Delicious. Welcome to the SEO Rant. I am your host, Morty Oberstein. You may know me better as the official liaison to the SEO community over at Wix, but let me remind you that this podcast has nothing to do with that, though this week it kind of does a little bit. We'll get into it. Where can you find the SEO Rant? You can find the SEO Rant at theseorant.com. That was rocket science. You can find us on Twitter at SEO Rant, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, wherever great and terrible podcasts are found, we are there. When does the SEO Rant come out? I don't know. It comes out whenever I feel like putting it out. I try to do it weekly, but it really all depends on my schedule and so forth. So it does make sense to subscribe at one of the aforementioned places where I just mentioned you can find the podcast so that you're notified when a new episode comes out. This week, I have a very special guest. He's a close friend of mine, a co-worker, colleague. He's the performance technical lead at Wix Engineering. He hosts the JavaScript Jabber. He's the most knowledgeable person I've ever met. He's way smarter than I am. He's Dan Shapiro. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> oh, older than you are, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but you still, have, you, you still have more hair than me, I think. So. Oh, no, no. You just see me from the front, not from the back. Yeah, you, you also see me from the front, not from the back. So <laughs> that is true. <laughs> We're good. Ironically, so I've been working with you for what? Is it almost seven months? I think so. Time think flies so. when you're having fun. That's true, but we never actually met in person because of yeah. The that's the whole yeah, exactly. That's the whole COVID thing. Those the, these virtual relationships. I keep having more of them. I hope it's a good thing. As long as you don't have a virtual wife, I think you're okay. Oh no, my wife is totally not virtual. <laughs> okay, even the one on the side. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't deny it. Um, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, who can, you know, who who has the stamina for for two wives? I mean, that's I, true. That's true. I mean, I, I can, barely have the stamina for one kid. I have four of them. I don't know what I was thinking with that. Yeah, um, I, I tell my wife, I, I, I understand how you tricked me into the first one. But, you know, I walk <laughs> into the others with my eyes open. I just can't figure I, it out. I'll tell you something. She probably feels the same way about you. <laughs> I'm sure she does. <laughs> I'm sure she does. So we have a lot of conversations that revolve around uh, performance and core web vitals because it is something that's very um, on topic here at Wix. And I figured, you know what, it would make sense to bring some of these conversations because they're very much development or development. That's not a real word. Um, developer oriented. And yeah, it would be interesting. Developer oriented. Well, that makes sense, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into developer oriented programming such as your podcast, which by the way, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but you recently interviewed Martin Split. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, we usually, we interviewed him, uh, it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. Uh, there's usually a one to two month delay. So probably in another month from now. The, the funny thing though, that uh, we just recorded the one episode with him, but it ran for so long that I'm guessing it will probably come out as two episodes. We interviewed him for something like two hours. Wow, that's amazing. Insane. Yeah. He I'm was very really looking forward to hearing this. Uh, yeah, he was really forthcoming, an amazing guy. So that's what I mean. I want to bring some of the conversations that we've had to the SEO world because they're a little bit, it's a little bit different than the typical SEO conversation around Core Web Vitals. So with that, I'm going to hand the mic over to you. What are your thoughts on Core Web Vitals? Ah, yeah. So Just, you know, easy question. No problem. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> well, I have to say that my point of view 
about core web vitals is, is probably somewhat different than most of your listeners, because as you correctly stated, I, I look at it from the developer's perspective. And to be honest and perfectly fair, I didn't really consider the SEO perspective that much until we started having our conversations. Um, and, and, you know, obviously there's the fact that Google have announced that Core Web Vitals uh, is going to become a ranking factor like in a couple of weeks now. Oh, well, yeah. well, no, actually a month and a half, right? Well, like you, could, you could slice it as a couple of weeks. You could slice yeah, it that way. I, Well, everything is a couple of weeks. That's true. Unless it's less than a week. Uh, <laughs> any, anyway, um, so our, we've been looking at performance for a long time. Uh, you know, with the various, the various degrees of success over the years, but uh, certainly have improved substantially in, in the years since I've joined. Uh, and, but Core Web Vitals is a relatively new thing. Uh, and it's something that we've been looking at for about a year now, ever since Google have announced it. Again, even bef before they were starting to talk about the impact of, that it will have on SEO. And I have to say that overall, I really like it. I, oh. I really like the fact that um, Google is providing the industry with a quote unquote standardized uh, way of looking at and measuring performance and doing it with really a small number of metrics because one of the challenges that you have around performance is measurements. Because there's this famous saying that if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. And that, that, that's definitely true with performance. And by the way, lucky for me, because I can actually graph the improvements that we're making and then take it to my boss whenever I ask for a raise, which, you know, if you can ask for a raise with proof, you know, in hand that you've actually achieved something, that's certainly beneficial. So that's your buy-in for improving Core Web Vitals for Wix. You want uh, to exactly. give you a... Erased. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but the problem is that very often you actually, you go from the situation of not having metrics to having too many metrics. And then it really becomes a question of what, what do you look at? What, what do you concentrate on? You just get lost and bogged down in the details. So one of the things that I really liked about Core Vitals is that there are only three of them. <laughs> Um, and that despite that, they actually, because they're really orthogonal to one another, they cover a significant aspect of the loading experience. So just to do a quick recap, uh, Core Web Vitals, there are three of them. There's a LCP or Largest Contentful Paint, which really measures uh, the fact of, is it loading or has it loaded actually? Uh, usually, what Google actually did apparently is they actually sat people in front of uh, uh, computers or other devices, uh, let's say smartphones, uh, and loaded websites and asked uh, the, the, uh, the test subjects to press a button when they thought that the page loaded. And then they looked at what it correlated to. And it turns out that very often it correlated to when the largest piece of content was actually displayed. I knew, that's cool. I did not know how that came into existence. Yeah, there, actually, there's a team at Google. I've spoken with them. They're really great, a, a great group, a group of people who are doing a lot of these sorts of measurements with real users 
uh, around trying to figure out the best way to measure user experience while working with different websites. It's, it's really cool. It's really interesting. And by the way, it's something that we also do at Wix. Right. Um, so that's LCP, looking at when the largest piece of content is, is displayed as an indication that the page is actually loaded. Next one is first input delay or FID, which measures when the page becomes interactive. Sometimes people say consistently interactive because you want the page to consistently respond quickly to user interactions. You know, in this age of, of uh, mobile devices where everything is touch, when you touch something, you expect that thing to immediately respond to your tap or, right. or grab or, what, or whatever it is. So that gets measured by FID, which really measures the delay from when you tapped until when the uh, web page responded visually to your tap. Now it might not actually indicate the end of the operation uh, because you know it, you may be doing some sort of a network request and response, but it's just about uh, providing some visual con uh, response or indication that the system, you know, uh, got that interaction and is doing something with it. The, the analogy that I like to give is that when you're standing in front of an elevator door and you want to call the elevator, you press the button, you don't expect the door to open immediately. I mean, it's great if it happens, <laughs> but uh, usually it doesn't, but you do expect the button to immediately light up. And if it doesn't, then you usually start to, you know, do this tap, tap, tap. You know, right, it's right. called it's called rage clicking. Uh, <laughs> no, literally, that's I actually the that. term. That's great. Um, and and that's what people do when they try to interact with something in, in a user interface, and that thing does not respond in any sort of a way. And the last measurement is called um, cumulative layout shift or CLS, which measures how much things jump around, not as respond as a response to a user interaction, but just on their own. Uh, I, I'm sure that we've all had this experience often, let's say when reading some sort of a news website and you read uh, the document and then it loads some ad at the top of the page, pushing the entire page down or pulling it up and suddenly you lose where you were uh, in, the, in the text and it's really annoying. So, uh, you know, we want to avoid this. So this one actually measures, uh, is it stable or is the page stable? And stability is just seen as a very positive aspect of a loaded page. Right. So these are the three core web vitals. And like I said, each one of them is kind of independent or orthogonal to the others. And that's why they kind of measure this space or this volume of web performance. So you mentioned, you just mentioned that, you mentioned to me um, privately, you've had a couple of conversations with Google about Core Web Vitals. I don't know what you're allowed to share or not allowed to share, but what can you share that won't get you into trouble about those conversations? <laughs> it's a good question. Actually, I have to say that again, Google are very forthcoming. Uh, they have a lot of uh, open discussions about uh, these sort of things. Uh, for example, I'll find the link they're actually reevaluating uh, the CLS metric and they're looking at ways in which to improve it because there have been a lot of complaints in the industry about the way that it measures some pages. So they actually, in response to these complaints, 
did additional tests and measurements and sat people again in front of computers and are looking at ways to improve it. So they're actually very open and forthcoming about it. And they're actually calling uh, for uh, responses from the industry about uh, the results that they're getting and you know, suggestions about to improve stuff. Uh, Wix, you know, that where we work, happens to be a, a Google, a partner with Google. We have a, an NDA, so we can have open discussions with them. We are not unique in that. Uh, Google are obviously having discussions with most of the industry. I also happen to be on the uh, Chrome advisory board. Uh, so I can also provide um, feedback in that context. And I also just happen to be friends with a lot of the uh, Google engineers who are just working on this stuff, but uh, that's uh, neither here nor there. <laughs> so if you um, could provide feedback, what would that feedback look like? Uh, you know, standing on one foot, obviously. Yeah, well, the, the, the big problem is, again, that you're trying to capture what is a very wide range of experiences using just three metrics. Now, uh, they are looking at potentially expanding it. They are looking, for example, at adding um, uh, FCP or first contentful paint as potentially another core web vital, increasing the number from three to four. By the way, they have said in the past that every year they'll evaluate the, let's call it the state of the of performance in the industry and potentially adjust the core web vitals or even replace some core web vitals. So if they, for example, they see that everybody's really doing well with a particular metric, so there's not much point in, in harping on that anymore and maybe they'll replace it with a different one. But right now they're actually talking about adding uh, first contentful paint as a fourth metric as a measurement of, is it happening? Uh, because it's, it's also a question of, you know, how soon do you feel that the page that you're visiting has started to load? So one, so that addresses one aspect of it that I think the existing core web vitals are a little lacking in, that they're not measuring the progress of loading as much as they should. Um, but there are other issues. Uh, for example, a known problem with core web vitals is that they don't really work well with single page applications. Um, uh, do you think the audience is familiar with the term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well let's, so, yeah, let, let's explain it really quickly maybe because I think that the more technical side of my audience is, but there might be some people who are not. So historically, the web was built on what is known today as multi-page application, that every time you navigated from one page to another, even within the same website, you would go back to the server, request the next page, get back an HTML response and, and just load it as another page received from the server. And then, you know, all the JavaScript uh, frameworks appeared, uh, Angular, React, et cetera. And we got what is known today as single page applications where the first page is loaded or downloaded from the web server, but then navigation between the pages in the site just happens locally. A request is made, what's known as Ajax request is made to a backend service. You get back the data and then JavaScript on the front end uh, rebuilds the page without having to download the actual HTML for it. Uh, Google bots, by the way, work great with that. Um, you know, Google these days just runs on effectively evergreen Chrome. Um, you know, so everybody's really worried about how uh, 
browser bo uh, search bots are able to handle JavaScript? Well, the answer, at least in the context of uh, Google, is they can, no problem. Right. Uh, but, but it turns out that it is a problem with Core Web Vitals because Core Web Vitals doesn't actually recognize that client-side navigation as a new page. It just sees it as a continuation of the page that you were already on. And this is actually especially problematic with cumulative layout shift. Uh, just going and tracking and tracking it and tracking. Just, it. It, it, yeah, just cumulative. It accumulates more right. and more and more. So you you navigate between pages on the client side and, and you, the more pages <laughs> you go through, the larger the CLS value that you're gonna get. And in effect, you're penalizing single page applications. Right. Uh, now, <laughs> uh, there's a single page applications or SBA are, are, are legitimate. So creating a situation where they are effectively penalizing one of the metrics uh, is problematic. Um, another, another example of a problem is with the first input delay uh, metric. Uh, for those of us who actually look at the results across the entire web. So one of the great things that Google have done is they're collecting the performance data from essentially every Chrome, almost every Chrome out there, they're dumping it into this database called Crux or the Chrome user experience database. And they've made it open to everybody. So you can literally, you need, well, you potentially need to pay if you can, if you run a lot of queries on it, but uh, it's, it's really open and you can run queries and see the results for something like the 10 million top websites on the web. And looking across all these websites, we see that the FID is actually really good for most of them. Suspiciously good. Uh, <laughs> too good to uh, be true. Almost too good to be true. And it turns out that there's, there are some reasons for that. And I'll give one of them. So let's say you have interaction that's serviced by JavaScript. So you need to download this JavaScript in order to get this, the support for this interaction. Let's say you have a button that when you click it, runs a bit of JavaScript code. When the page starts loading, it downloads the JavaScript, it then runs the JavaScript to initialize it, and then you're good to go. You can now click the, uh, the button. If you click the button after everything is down, has been downloaded, you'll get excellent FID results. If on the other hand, you'll click it while the JavaScript is initializing, then you potentially get a poor FID result. And that is an incentive for making your JavaScript smaller and more efficient, and right. that's great. But let's say you're really quick and you click the button before the JavaScript even finished downloading. Nice. Guess what? You'll get an awesome FID result. Right because you click the button that does nothing and it did nothing really, really quickly. Um, so, you, you, yeah. You just gave SEOs like the greatest hack in the entire planet. Yeah, just Joking. make your JavaScript, yeah, just right. make your JavaScript load uh, more that, slow. More slower, right. Like yeah. you've got it totally backwards. JavaScript should not load faster, it should load slower. Well, you can do other really stupid things. Like maybe you could hide the button until right. everything finishes downloading. Yeah, that's one of the other problem with Core Web Vitals. And in fact, with any performance metric, and in fact, any metric in life is that metrics encourage you to a certain behavior. And that behavior might not always be the optimal behavior. I recently saw a Twitter thread about uh, 
ideas for hacks that will get you the best scores for the worst performing sites. Great. And there were, yeah, and, but the thing that you need to remember that at the end of the day, with all due respect to SEO and all due respect to a Google rank, you know, the bigger impact that bad performance has is on bounce rate. Yeah. So if you hack the system and maybe even create a poor experience just in order to improve your core web vitals and theoretically potentially improve your rank, then what good will it do if people just arriving at your website have a really bad experience and just leave without doing anything with it? I mean, Correct. you know, it, it's all fundamentally, it's all about the Benjamins, not about the exactly, ranking. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, bad user experience is bad for the Benjamins. That's, for that's sure. right. That, that, should, that should be a slogan. Bad user experience <laughs> is bad for the Benjamins. <laughs> yeah. And just to, to round out uh, the discussion about, uh, you know, issues, and I'm just giving uh, examples. There are others. But so we mentioned the issue with uh, um, uh, CLS. We mentioned an issue with FID. Uh, there's also a potential issue with uh, largest contentful paint. And that issue is when to stop. Uh, log, uh, when you look at first contentful paint, it's really simple. It's the first one. There's only ever a first. Right. But who's the last in line? Uh, you know, there, it, at any point in time, another person might arrive and be after the current last person. Um, and, and that's kind of the problem with LCP. You measure it and then you want to report it at, one, at a certain point, but then maybe if you wait a few more seconds, there'll be another paint operation that will be even, even larger. Right. Uh, and, I'll, and, I'll, and we were talking about ways to hack the system. I'll give your listeners yet another one. Interesting they will one. love this. They will love that, yeah. really. Yeah. So turns out that in Chrome 88, Google made an interesting change in the way that Chrome measures LCP. They decided to ignore full viewport images. Oh, for so the perfect. Purpose yeah, the idea was that an image that covers the entire viewport is probably a background image and consequently not the main content of the page. And then they've decided to ignore it because you know it's less important. But it turns out that I've seen, I see a lot of pages where the background image is not 100% of the viewport. It's let's say just 95% because let's say there's a menu bar or something like that, or some ad at the very top of the screen and the image was pushed down by that thing. Well, it turns out that at least for now, it's better for the image to be under that thing, you know, underneath it. Right. Oh, because the then, it becomes, order then it because becomes the... the full, yeah, the full, uh, few, uh, full viewport. Right. Whether if you push it down in order to, because why download pixels that nobody sees, well, you're potentially actually harming your LCP measurement. Right. Um, so yeah, wow. that's, an, that's another indication of a problem with the metric and a way to use that problem to kind of quote unquote hack the system. So to sort of round off this, this, this discussion, where do you see the role of SEOs in Core Web Vitals? Because there's a lot of back and forth in the industry. Is this a developer issue? Is this an SEO issue? Is it both? Blah, blah, blah. How do well, you see it? Let, let me ask you this way. When you're having discussions as an SEO with the marketing 
team who are writing the content for a web page. Ultimately, very often the SEO is not the person actually writing the content for the site because you're, you're relying on the people that have the, the most knowledge about, let's say, the product that they want to sell or the server that, the service that they're looking to promote. Wait, that's not SEOs? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so hope, yeah, so hopefully you're having constructive uh, discussions with the marketing team and you're, you're pushing on them to, uh, uh, um, you know, create the content or present the content in a way that's uh, beneficial for SEO. And by the way, very often when it's good for SEO, it's also good for the visitor. Because if it's clear to the Google bot what the site is about, then it's also clear for a visitor what yep. the site is about. I think the same relationship now needs to happen between SEOs and between the developers and also between SEOs and the designers. Because very often what really uh, uh, the, determines the um, core vital rank of a web page or, uh, or a website is not only just the developers, it's also the design, you know, the size of the images, the number of fonts, etc. And it's up to the SEO to uh, inform the developers and the designers that when they make certain decisions about the, the way in which the page looks and works and interacts with visitors, that has impact now also on SEO. Previously, it just had an impact on the visitors perhaps, but now right. it also has an impact on SEO. So now it actually gives the SEOs leverage to push on this topic. And I think that's actually why Google is doing it. They were looking, you know, I like to say that we're really lucky that the financial benefit of this behemoth Google aligns with the the, the benefit of the web. Right. Um, that it, it, it's beneficial for Google that the web becomes better. In this case, Google is cracking the whip on over the heads of SEOs who will hopefully then in response crack whips over the heads of developers and designers in order to make pages faster and more enjoyable for visitors. Perfect. That's a nice way to sum this up. Dan, I love our conversations together. We should do this again. Where can people find you? Well, like you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a podcaster on the JavaScript Jabber podcast. So just search for JavaScript Jabber. If you're more of a technical oriented person, uh, like you said, we have a really interesting discussion with uh, Martin Splitt from Google that will be coming out, which should, certainly should be interesting for your audience. Uh, in addition, I'm just Dan Shapiro on Twitter. And, uh, you know, follow me. I follow back. I'm really nice about it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm tr- you're just a couple of 100 people ahead of me. Uh, you really set a bar for me that I'm trying to now to, to do a uh, catch up. You, you can be there, too. All you need to do is spend your entire life on Twitter. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like, like I do. It's or- a trade off. It is a trade off. You can have a real life or you can have a Twitter life. You choose. That's true. That's true. Anyway, it was a pleasure being your guest. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. Oh, Dan. I enjoy listening to you and our conversations and getting educated about these things. Um, all right. So, folks, 
if you want to find the next episode of the SEO Rant, again, makes sense to head over to the SEO Rant or to wherever you find your podcast and subscribe because I don't have an exact time when I'm going to release the next episode. So please go ahead and subscribe or follow us on Twitter at SEO Rant or follow me on Twitter at Morty Oberstein or follow Dan on Twitter now. Um, until then, doodles. Bye. Bye.